Hey y'all, this is the Christ Center Conversations Podcast, and I'm Shelby Stanfill. And I'm Kevin Stanfill. Each week, we come together and discuss the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. Welcome to episode 14 of the Stanfill cast. We're really excited to be here because today we have a guest and we love this guest and his name is Edward or Ed, (laughs) whatever you want to go by. And um, he's here today and let's, let's, Introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Um, <laughs> my name is Edward. You know, um, I am 20 years old. I'm a cancer survivor. Uh, I play a trumpet. I have a deep love for the gospel, and that's why I accepted an invitation to come talk about Book of Mormon. Yeah, guys, Edward's a stud. We met him in the <laughs> YSA. <laughs> or I met him in the YSA. I think Kevin did, too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Well, we're glad to have him here, and we're glad to be back. Um, talking this week about First um, Nephi chapter twelve. Um, Shelby, you had some thoughts about the the early part of the chapter. Did you want to talk about? You said you were talking about how it talked Relates. about things Sorry, in Third Nephi. Yeah, yeah. So in chapter twelve, this <clears throat> is the continuing of the vision that Nephi has been seeing. So I think that's important to note, but. I believe, if I, I mean it references it, but I believe that these first chapters are actually referencing later on in the Book of Mormon, in 3 Nephi 11, when Christ comes. And so um, it talks about basically the situation um, in the first couple of verses about uh, wars and rumors of wars, contentions, um, darkness, earthquake, all before um, Christ appears into the Nephites and the Lamanites. And um he he gets to see this destruction, which, I mean, if you're, I don't know, if I was seeing that in a vision, <laughs> I don't know what I would feel like, but I feel like I, when I would see, when you get to see Christ coming, you would feel a lot of hope, right? Right. And you'd feel a lot of, um, I guess, just love that he came to save us from all of that, right? And so that's what I thought about in these first um, couple of verses, and it, it goes into a lot of great uh, little hidden gems, and there's a lot of favorite verses in here. So that was kind of my take on the beginning. So I hope it's uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Edward, did anything stand out to you in the first couple <laughs> verses? Um, you know, I, I, one of the things that got me kind of thinking the parallels. Uh, I, I like the parallels at this chapter in the beginning chapters where it talks about the mist of darkness that there was the saw they saw he saw the earth rent with rocks it kind of is like like how what's going on right now that things are happening in preparation for the second coming of Christ and it makes me think like Shelby said that there's hope because it gives me more purpose like there's a reason why I need to follow Jesus Christ and to set an example to prepare his way because the time is coming and it's interesting because it, it references the 12 disciples, right? The 12 apostles in verse um, 8. And so they're there to, um, and 9, says the 12 apostles of the Lamb. They're the, they are they who shall judge the 12 tribes of Israel because we're of the house of Israel, right? We have our tribes. And we have those today, right? Like we have our 12 apostles today. 
So there is a lot of parallel to be drawn between um, this right here in the Book of Mormon and today. Um, yeah. Something that you both talked about was that Nephi is seeing in vision like these these tumultuous times to come, right? Like right. kind of a like a, a vision of not such great times to come, right? And I just think like Nephi, here he is, he's still such a young man. He's not even really sure what his whole purpose in all of this is yet. Because um, his father is still the prophet. You know, he's just doing, Learning. he's just learning. He's, he's doing what the Lord asked him to do. He's doing what his father asked him to do. They haven't even got to the promised land yet. And here the Lord is showing him in a vision, ultimately, that his seed and the seed of his brothers will be wiped out yeah. mm -hmm. and that's got to be kind of I, I would think it would be demoralizing if you didn't have a firm understanding of the atonement of Jesus Christ yeah right if you thought well man this life is all it is and my posterity is not even going to make it mm -hmm. right that would be enough to just go ahead and cast down your your walking sticks and head back to Jerusalem right I mean, if I'm going to, if it's all for naught, why don't I just go back to Jerusalem? But he has a perfect brightness of hope that, yeah. that the atonement of Jesus Christ can make all those unfair things and those, those bad things okay again. That's what I thought about when I read the first half of this, uh, this chapter. So I have a question for you, Ed. Mm -hmm. So you're a cancer survivor. Yes. How do you think that your experience with surviving cancer relates here in the scriptures? Like, well, what kind of parallels can you draw? Um, it's funny you ask that. Well, not, I, <laughs> I say that's funny, but it's not really funny. Um, <laughs> coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> actually, no coincidences here. It's divine design. That's right. <laughs> I actually thought about this because I didn't get my own. My own by patriarchal blessing until years afterwards. And when I read it, there was some things in there that talked about the trials I'd go through that would try to stop me from doing what the Lord would want me to do. And so like, I kind of thought, if I would have known that I would have had cancer mm -hmm. when I was a teenager, I mean, I'm a young guy, I don't know much. Going against a virus that is trying to kill you, I might say, well, what, what chance do I have? Yeah. What chance? What's the? Why do I even bother with anything? Much less like the, uh, much less the gospel. Right. But I'm I'm very glad that because I had family that really cared about the gospel, they understood that Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. um, he went through everything that I was going to feel. They really instilled in me a a desire to keep pressing forward, and so even when I felt physical pain. I knew that the Savior had already felt that, and he he was just telling me to hold on. And so, like, just like kind of like in Nephi, mm -hmm. I think Nephi had this idea, well, I can still keep going forward. It's not all set in stone. Um, right. Like, oh, like, as far as, like, the what we can do now, you know. Right. We still have the opportunity to do good, and it's not all lost, like Kevin said. It's not all for naught. Yeah. 
It makes me think I had a, I actually had the opportunity to set in on a blessing one time for somebody. Um, and in the blessing, they said, she was going, she actually was, might have had cancer as well. Actually, she had a, something going on in her brain. And so she needed, she asked for a blessing. And in this blessing, they specifically said, your savior has already passed through this trial. And I remember thinking, well, that's a really interesting way to look at your trials, right? Or your afflictions, um, that your savior has already passed through them. So you can make it through too, and you can keep pressing forward which I think is exactly what you were conveying when you just shared that. And so uh, that's amazing. <laughs> it really is. So. And before the podcast started, we talked a little bit about verse 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, well, it's, it's still this vision that Nephi's having. And in it, the angel of the Lord kind of directs his sight to the that fountain of filthy water, which his father saw in vision. Um, and this is the the filthy fountain or the river um, that runs alongside that straight and narrow path leading to the tree of life. And of course, the angel and gives a little bit more interpretation he says the river of which he spake and the depths thereof are the depths of hell and edward you you talked about how one when you were reviewing this chapter this week you thought about people who fell into the river because we do read about those who wander off in you know crooked paths and even fall into the river and drown can you repeat what you talked about sure so um um what i um, basically what i was trying to say is that the just with i felt like my experience like just experiences with people that i've met it's like i like there's more of a path to either side either like steadily following the, mm-hmm. the tree of life or like growing closer to the the large and spacious building which was the yeah. temptations of the devil yeah. I think a lot of people kind of do go through those those rivers of hell to get to either side completely mm-hmm. um, and my, uh, maybe my my interpretation might be doctrinally incorrect but that's just like something I viewed um, you know like that people do have the chance to get out you know and i and i just i think that if there's ever a a doctrinally sound uh doctrine (laughs) (laughs) say that that, three times fast (laughs) it's that if you fall you can get back up right if you find yourself in a filthy river yeah there are so many hands including well, I say including the, the Lord's hand, but we are his hands, right? Mm-hmm. That can reach down and help you get out. And you can get back on the right path, no matter how long you've been in that river, how far down river you've gone. And you talked about like the current of the river and sometimes life, especially if you're living contrary to God's will, it can kind of be a whirlwind. 
right? Like you can get really far away and you might be able to, someone, i.e. the devil, would very easily be able to uh, convince you that, oh, there's no way you can get back. They're not even going to want you. Look, you're so filthy. And mm-hmm. But what's amazing is that the atonement of Jesus Christ allows you to instantaneously appear back on the path in resplendent white right back where you were. It's as if you never even stepped foot in the river. So this goes back to my favorite verse when I was studying this week, which was uh, verse 11, um, where it talks about, um, I'm just going to read it. It says, and the angel said unto me, look, and I looked, there he is paying attention again, note that, and beheld three generations pass away in righteousness. So this isn't all people falling away into wickedness. We do have three generations passed away in righteousness. And he specifies that their garments were made, or sorry, were white, even like unto the Lamb of God. And the angel said unto me, these are made white in the blood of the Lamb because of their faith in him. So when you talk about floating down a river being caught in this uh, whirlwind almost, and turning to the Savior instantaneously is a way that you can become clean and you can become made white. And so if you think about, think of a time where you got really, really dirty, right? And you're like, you just felt really gross, right? You're like, I need to get home. There's some steps to getting clean, right? Like you come home, you first start your shower, you get your towel ready, you um, make sure you have soap in there, maybe you ran out, you, you make sure it's in there. You take your clothes off first, right? Because that's the dirtiness. You get rid of it, you shed it. And then you wash those clothes, and then you also go and wash yourself, right? And you make sure you're clean. And then you put on brand new clothing that's not dirty, right? And so there's there's steps that it takes to get clean, right? It's not, it is an instantaneous turn to right. go and become clean, but there are steps that you get there to be clean, right? So you just got to start by turning towards the Savior. And we can see here that what made their garments white was their faith in him, right? right? Like, it's not much. You just got to have faith to turn in and get clean and be made white. And that is an ongoing process because, I mean, we live in a fallen world, so <laughs> we're going to get dirty. But through our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can become clean like we stated in the beginning. There's... There's never a time where we're going to be. There's always a point where we can get back up and keep going, right? Like Ed said. And I, I love that. They just, it's a gospel of hope. And if you look at this chapter, you would actually think it's kind of negative because it's talking yeah, about a lot of wickedness. Right. But really, I'm seeing the complete opposite here. <laughs> so it's all about your perspective, right? Perspective of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, but... Why is it so hard to get out of the river? Why is it so hard to make that turn? You know? Why do you think? Either of you. <laughs> um, I think it's like twofold. I think it's pride and then there's just habit. Yeah. I remember that like, uh, this is, again, I'm young. So <laughs> when I had a cancer, but I had this really awful idea in my head that I had actually gone cancer because I did something wrong mm. Mm. and I'd sinned too far. And I was gotcha. like, and it was only years after where I was like, 
like Edward, you put yourself through a really <laughs> bad mindset that you were crippling yeah. yourself. And I, for a time, I accepted. You know what? This is what I'm gonna be. Um, if I ever get out of it, it's like, it's like I've I've ran my course, but I'm just going along for the right now. And it took a while to realize that that oh, what oh, I I can be wrong, and the Lord still might love me still, even after I've made mistakes. It took it takes a lot of hard work to to change mm-hmm. um, your nature to like first realize that you're wrong then change your habits then look at the Savior's way and, and then finally grow to love his way it's like uh, that quote I forgot who said it but I'm sure one of you might remember but the gospel makes good men better and better men best like you know I forgot it was referenced in um, Institute one time but the purpose of the gospel is to take you from good to better to best, right? And so you start where you are and you get you get good and you get better. Yeah. And then ultimately, you know, after this life we become perfect and we we reap the rewards of the, the actions that we've done here on earth. So that's that's very important to remember when we're acting, right? Actually you made me think about Mosiah chapter 4 verse 30. I know we're not there, but it talks about how your thoughts become your actions and your actions become, no, your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. So I think change really begins in your thoughts, right? Thinking that you can change, thinking that this isn't your fault or whatever you're going through. It just starts with a belief that you can change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, while y'all were talking, I thought about your question of, you know, why is it so hard to get out of the river? And um, obviously there's a current, right? And I think the current, although it's not depicted in the vision, a current in the river could definitely be those um, those shafts in the whirlwind, right? Of, mm-hmm. of like kind of things that once you're, once you're unprotected, you know, in a river, you're very vulnerable to those currents. Mm. Out of the river, you have no, the current has no power over where you go. But when you do get in there, if you choose to get in there, you have much less freedom. Your agency is effectively stripped away from you. And we know that one of the things that Satan absolutely hates is free will. He'd mm. rather no one have that free will. Um, and so I think that, you know, the current is kind of like that, uh, that power that he has. And this is just one of the ways, right? Right. Like there is a midst of darkness um, that in, cha- in chapter yeah, that, 17. That blinds sorry, them. 17. Yeah. Right. There's like multiple things um, that lead them away. And it can even be the people once they get led away, right? Like, man, you're on the wrong path. Come follow me, right? Like, right. well, don't, don't take the come follow me phrase from, from the church like yeah, right. like a bad come follow me phrase you know so it just I don't know it's very interesting it's just one of the many ways that he can he can bind us down but and I just think back, back to Edward's point like sometimes we think the current is is like 
our own thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe our own, uh, like a predisposition. Like, oh, this is just how I am. I just, the light of Christ, or the doctrine of the light of Christ that is in all of us is contrary to that philosophy, right? Of like, oh, I'm just, mm-hmm. I just am who I am and uh, I'm, I'm weak or I, I need to do this because it helps me get through, you know, my troubles and things like that. But, but the Savior and, and Heavenly Father's plan is the real plan, right? That's, that's the one that we need to be living and, and going by. Um, did y'all have any other concluding thoughts? There was this, I, I think, remember the lesson that Brother Richens gave? Mm-hmm. about um what was it his, like the atonement of Jesus Christ we have to believe that's sufficient for even ourselves mm-hmm. yeah it's like I think either he was talking about forgiving ourselves or forgiving others but it's like denying forgiveness for ourselves or for other people is like telling Jesus Christ you suffering for my sins was not enough for me right and so um when I got to the point where I could finally accept that uh you know, there. I'm still here. I'm still. I, there's still a job for me to do. God loves me. Um, I made it a point to to study my study the scriptures and learn why exactly I was here. Because one of the th- other things that my uh, patriarchal blessing said was that I would have the strength to do all that God would have mm-hmm. me do, and I was very fortunate. Like a lot of people who were in my position are like most of them are younger than me mm-hmm. and most of them got dealt a horrible hand and some of them unfortunately didn't make it and so uh it was kind of like a like you like snapping god snapping his fingers at me like come on you need to wake up <laughs> it's like you're still here you, you've got you got a purpose here and the more i the more I like, it's, it's sometimes all it takes is looking in the right direction. It's like God, look here, look here, in this direction to the tree of life, yeah. and that's all the motivation it takes. Um, right. Yeah. I think that what I learned is that in this vision, he's talking. <laughs> it's so funny because it's been such a hopeful podcast, but. In verse 23, it says, After they had dwindled in unbelief, they had become dark, loathsome, 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 and a filthy people full of idleness and all manner of abominations. And so I think it all starts with your belief, right? Because it says, After they had dwindled in unbelief, they just lost their faith. It's if they're, So 23 and 11. Because of their faith, they're made white in the land. Their their garments are made white. But because of unbelief, they become dark, loathsome, loathsome. I can't say that word. And a filthy people. So drawing back to you're like talking about which direction, <laughs> just turn a direction. Just believe, right? Just choose to believe, and it's gonna set you out on a good path, right? Like you're gonna get somewhere. Christ isn't gonna let you just stand there and believe he's gonna you know he's gonna push you try to push you forward some people to help you that type of thing but it takes you to take the first step right or turn the other direction don't believe and do whatever you want and end up drowning in a river you know 
So it's just, it's so interesting. I just, I, I learned that. It's the direct opposite of verse 23 and verse 11. Hmm. Belief and unbelief. So like that, that tells you that belief is very powerful and unbelief is also very powerful, right? Two completely different directions. So, and uh, we know that Christ doesn't like you in the middle or else he'll spew you out of his mouth, right? That's true. <laughs> That's what it says somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't like you lukewarm. Luke That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost... I just want to say I'm very grateful for Edward coming on the podcast today. We're glad to have you here. I'm very grateful for the scriptures, um, and especially the Book of Mormon, because, and we've said it so many times on on this podcast, but you know it was it was written for our day, and there are so many things that we can take away and and look at, and it helps us make better decisions for ourselves and our communities. Um, next week, we're moving into chapter 13, and it talks about the the church of the devil being set up among the Gentiles. And I think it's always uh, very, very interesting to make sure that we, we don't forget that even though the Book of Mormon and all scripture is, set, is separated in two chapters, they are like right next to each other. They're, they're they are related, um, and so chapter twelve talking about what happens when you have faith or contrary when you don't have faith. These are the things uh, going into chapter thirteen that happen when you don't have faith and when you're you're in a community or in a society that does not have sufficient faith. Um, and we are our society. So if if we if we don't want bad things to happen to our communities and our society as a whole, not only do we have to be more faithful, but we have to invite others to come into Christ and develop faith in Him. Um, so I think that's where we're gonna close it off. Unless y'all have any other thoughts or. No, I'm just grateful you were here today, Ed. Yeah, you good brought good insights. You really brought good. some really interesting and I, stuff. I bet our listeners like hearing other voices besides right. just Kevin and I. <laughs> <laughs> we got to hear, you know, more mm-hmm. more perspective. So, well, we will be back next week, um, chapter thirteen, like Kevin said, and it's a long chapter, so it might be split. Mm-hmm. into two podcasts we don't know we'll see what we get through but we do have someone um coming next week and if she wants to be on the podcast she's more than welcome so we might have another uh we might have another guest speaker next yeah, week nice. so yeah all she, right we'll let you know well happy new year <laughs> yeah set some realistic goals <laughs> that you can actually do right <laughs> no matter what you can always come back in the past there you That's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect tie-in. Alrighty, well we'll see everybody next week and we thank you for listening today. We hope you're enjoying the Christ Centered Conversations podcast featuring the Book of Mormon. If you have any suggestions for the show, please message us on Facebook at Kevin or Shelby Stanfield. We also invite you to visit churchofjesuschrist.org for more information on the Book of Mormon and the restored gospel of Jesus Christ.